I'm here with prolific writer Mr. William Giddens, who is chatting about his writing career. First of all, let me say my name is William Anderson Giddens. I'm a media art specialist. Thanks for the invitation. I got into writing because of two professors, Dr. Oscar Muscurilius, an Italian professor, who was teaching me children's literature. And he was impressed by my work and he encouraged me to continue writing. But my advisor, the late Dr. Joseph Drew, he said to me, Bill, when you return to Barbados, I want you to write and write and write and write. I never understood the significance or the importance of what Dr. Drew said until I returned to Barbados. So in 1995-1996, I was at a crossroads of my life and I wanted to do something more meaningful and more productive. And the thought came to me that I should explore writing. And I started. And between 1995 to 2022, I've published approximately 287 books. The first Barbadian to have published so many books. What I discovered that once you have been smitten with writing, it impacts you to the extent that you must continue. And I have a love for writing and my focus is culture. Culture is a way of life. And I'm able to take simple things and pull them apart and provide something contextual. So I would encourage anyone to start writing. It gives you an opportunity to express yourself in ways that you never thought you could. My first book is called Images of Yesterday in Barbados. Here in my hand is another publication of my book called Images of Yesterday in Barbados, Volume 1 and 2. This image, the standpipe, was an important landmark of yesteryear in the Barbadian landscape. It was the source of water supply for many. Most Barbadians resorted to the standpipe because the people could not have afforded water in their homes. At certain times of the day, people were seen at the standpipe washing clothes, bathing their children, and talking about life. People walked long distances in order to get water for everyday use. During that period, it was normal to see people walk into the village standpipe to fetch water, and it was common to see women especially balancing a bucket of water on their head while carrying another bucket of water in each of their hands. The common practice of carrying water on your head was an art. It is recorded that the government had installed originally 400 standpipes across the island of Barbados in every populated area. Puss Puss Catch a Corner because Barbadian children of yesteryear enjoy this game with a passion. To start the game, a minimum of six people and five stones were required. Five of the participants stood in a circle with a foot on each of the five stones. To start the game, each player ran from their stone to place their foot on the nearest vacant stone, while the sixth player, standing in the middle, who was Puss, had to be quick enough to run and set foot on any vacant stone. The one who did not make it 
to an unoccupied stone became the next puss. Throughout the game, the players would be shouting, puss, puss, catch a corner. Horse and buggy. The wealthy Barbadian families of yesteryear used a horse and buggy as a means of transportation. A man who was called a coachman drove them. When those folk came to the city to do their business, the buggies were parked in the area now known as Independent Square. There, their horses were watered and fed. It was also used at weddings, especially for carrying the bride. The horse and buggy could be regarded as a limousine of yesteryear. Hopscotch Yesteryear, the game of hopscotch provided entertainment for the children. It was played in the streets with a pattern of squares numbered from 1 to 8, drawn underground. An object was thrown in each of the squares in turn. Without this object touching the lines, the player hopped in the squares, which did not have the thrown object. When the highest number was reached, the player turned and hopped all the way back. Each player did the same until someone lost his or her turn because their foot or the object touched the line or the player fell. Hula hoop. This fascinating circular object was spun around the waist, the arms, the wrists, the legs, the ankles, and even the neck. Competitions were sometimes held to see who could keep the hoop spinning for the longest period of time. There were also exhibitions of fancy movements as the hoop was passed from arm to arm, arm to leg, leg to arm, and even from the neck down, the entire length of the body. The hula hoop provided countless hours of fun for its users. The circular plastic toy sometimes contained small beads, which made a delightful song as the hoop revolved. Marble Cricket Marble cricket was played in very much the same way as the game we all know as cricket. The major difference was that the batsman and the bowler performed their roles with one knee firmly planted on the ground as the bats and stumps used were, were quite small and so was the playing area. This game was sometimes called kneeling down cricket and it was most amusing to see a batsman strike the ball set get up from his knee, complete two runs, and then return to the batting area to kneel down before receiving the next ball. Marble cricket was mostly played by small boys at school during the break periods and regularly at home, especially during the long summer vacation. The mobile cinema. The mobile cinema formed part of the visual education unit as it was called in the early 40s. The first 16mm mobile cinema unit was donated to the Barbados government by the British colonial government in 1944. The van was previously used in North Africa to entertain troops. The government of Barbados also decided to use this medium to educate its people. Film and film strips, which dealt with the issues of the day, were shown. For example, films on sanitation, personal hygiene and family planning were shown. Films such as Danger on Wings, Mosquito and Better Living, which were produced by the visual aid section, were also shown. Most popular, however, were Bud and Lou films. Mobile cinema 
travel across Barbados. Venues were plain fields, parks, plantation grounds, and wherever a large gathering assembled. There were only two cinemas in Barbados, the Empire and the Olympic, for the majority of the population could not afford to attend these cinemas. Thus, the mobile unit gave them the opportunity to gain cinematic experience and knowledge. The British saw the mobile unit as a tool to educate the people of Barbados and the region of the role they played in World War II and of the progress by the Allies. The introduction of this new medium film was a novel way, guarantee, large to audiences and enabled the British to spread propaganda about the war. The nut seller was a woman who not only sold nuts but had a wide range of knowledge in the art of confectionery. The nut seller was always neatly attired in a floral print dress over which was a white pleated apron with two strings attached at the back and forming a bow in front. Ready Fusion Yesterday, Barbadians enjoyed Ready Distribution, which operated from a building in Wildy. The first subscriber was connected to cable radio April 2nd, 1935. In 1951, Ready Distribution was taken over by Barbados Ready Fusion Service Limited, a subsidiary of Overseas Barbados Ready Fusion Service Limited of London. This medium of entertainment was enjoyed by many of its subscribers. Features like Portia Faces Life, None So Blind, Dr. Paul, Life Can Be Beautiful, Local News, News from Britain at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., Classical Music at 1 p.m., Mainly for Women was hosted by Carolyn Barrow at 1.45 p.m., Second Spring and The Quiet Time at 2.45 p.m., to name a few, were listened to by many across the island. Roasting Breadfruit Roasting Breadfruit was a special art perfected mainly by the men and the young boys of yesteryear. A fireplace was set up in the yard, under a tree, or on the beach. With dry twigs or wood, a fire was made on which the breadfruit was placed to be roasted. When the roasting of this dainty dish of Bajan delicacy was completed, it was often eaten with butter or roasted flying fish. Stick licking. Stick licking served both as a means of self-defense and as a sport in Barbados of yesteryear, mainly among working-class men. Nowadays, only demonstrations are held occasionally. The art form originated with our African slave ancestors and was popular around the mid-20th century. As a form of sport, stick licking contests were held mainly on weekends and excluding Sundays. Sucking sugarcane, I reflect on the many joys of my childhood, and I know each one of you could, but the sweetest memories I retain is the sucking of the sugarcane. The people of Barbados look forward to the agricultural laborer. The agricultural laborer. Agricultural production has been the primary occupation of the early settlers to Barbados, not just for local consumption, but for export to England and for trade with other colonial territories. Much of the landscape, therefore, had to be transformed from natural ecosystems into agriculture. 
ecosystems. The same comprised of large monospecific plantations such as sugarcane, small-scale vegetable, root crop and pastures with and pastures with livestock. It is a fact that Barbados spends $2.1 million daily to feed itself. Further, the Ministry of Agriculture has some major concerns. For instance, capacity building, developing a closer relationship between farmers and the market, working to decrease levels of predial larceny through adequate legislation, increase investment in the sector, linking agriculture to valuable sectors such as tourism and manufacturing, and exploring the introduction of technology to the sector. So in that book, I portray the donkey cart, the mobby woman, the roller, all the things of yesteryear I tried to capture. And that book did extremely well because it brought back memories. It catered to nostalgia, hot scotch, and things like that people enjoyed. I must confess to you that I did not set out to write so many books, but I believe because I was smitten by writing, I love to write, I love to express myself, and the inspiration is a continuum, is constantly coming. So because of that interest and the subject matter, I'm challenged to continue writing. I believe because of my connectivity with the Creator and He is inspiring me, that's where my inspiration comes from. How long it takes for me to write a book? It depends. If I have access to information immediately, the process wouldn't take long. But if I don't have access to information or have difficulty trying to source that information, it will take me much longer. But I already have skeletons, templates set up on my laptop, which only certain things will change, like the subject matter. But then going after the information and putting it together and... Um, once I am excited about a topic, it flows. It isn't difficult. So, like the book, my first book, that took me about a month to put together. Images of yesteryear in Barbados, because I'd had images before, and it was just a matter of collecting the information, and that did not take me too long to complete. Yes. And what I've discovered, once you've developed a system and it is working for you, you don't change it. You may make some modifications, right? But you continue with the system that is working for you. My most satisfying moment. Um, it is difficult to say 
what I would what I, it would be diff it's difficult to say that because in each piece I gain a measure of satisfaction because of the subject matter. I see myself as a continuum, constantly working, enjoying it. Plus, I'm also a retiree, a retired person. I've worked in the civil service, so I'm not retired. And I am taking this time to utilize my time wisely. And each time I finish a piece, then, or before I could complete something that I'm working on, another idea comes. So I stop, start on that, and then return to what I'd started before. What I will also say to you is that when I first started in this area, my works were published in hard copy. But what I discovered, I could not meet the volume of people that I wanted to meet. So I made a change to go from hard copy to e-publications. As a result of going in the direction of e-publications, my work is now featured on academia.edu. And since I did that, I discovered that I was able to reach a wider audience. And academia.edu, they cater to academics. And so far, my publications are featured in 1,532 cities, 147 countries, 717 universities. Because of the volume of work that I have produced, Academia.edu invited me to review papers. What I've also discovered is that my work is also featured on Google Scholar. That's a large audience. What this is doing for me and for us as Barbados, it is putting Barbados on the map somewhere. And um, more people are getting an opportunity to learn about Barbados because I'm promoting culture. What I also wanted to do was to get into other areas. So I thought that it would be good to produce podcasts. And my podcast, as a matter of fact, I have produced 154 podcasts. These podcasts are featured in 91 countries, 910 cities in Africa, Asia, Europe, North America, South America, and Oceania. These podcasts are translated into Finn, Spanish, and Ukraine language. So, a lot is going on in my life. I'm writing publications and also preparing podcasts. There's always something to do. This is always a challenge. There's always something to do. And I'm enjoying this. My motto is DevGrow. Somewhere along the somewhere along the 1972 corridors. I was occupying a philosophical space. In this space, I was inspired to develop a portamanteau, 
dev and grow. This tool, Portaman 2, allowed me to blend the songs and combine the meanings dev grow, which is my ideology. And by the same token, it makes up my company name, DevGrow Media Arts Services. The advice I would leave for any budding writer would be to adopt the philosophy of the waves of the sea. If you notice, the waves of the sea are always coming to the shore. They never give up and they continue and continue and they continue. And that is the policy that you must adopt. If you do that, I guarantee you, you will be successful. Because things will happen, but you will not give up. But you will keep focused and you will keep going forward all the time. I want to thank you, Mr. Gaines, for this chat about your working career. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you, sir.